Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Statesman Soundwaves. My name is Raghav Kosan. I'm the host of this podcast. Recently, Stevenson awarded four students with the Prominent Patriot Award for their work on Stevenson's first Anti-Racism and Inclusivity Week. Today, I'm joined by Stella Tapia Lopez, a junior who is also one of the recipients of the award, as well as Jasmine, a fellow Statesman staffer. We will be discussing anti-racism, its importance in our community, and what efforts can be made to raise awareness about the growing anti-racism movement here at Stevenson. So without further ado, let's get started. So Stella, because you're like the expert on this topic, what is like a general overview of anti-racism? That's a, that's a pretty good question, Raghav. Um, and so for anti-racism, it's almost entirely in the name. Anti-racism is, you know, the policy or act of uh, working actively against racism. So that means um, challenging racism where it exists and actively lobbying against racism, racism where it does not. Um, so it's just actively working to dismantle systems and policies that oppress certain um, groups or people based on their race or ethnicity. Yeah, so it pretty much is in the name. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, is. <laughs> so this is more of like a question for all of us. Uh, Jasmine, we'll go to you for, for this to start us off. Why do we think anti-racism is important in our society? Well, I mean, I think, you know, like it's not just, as Stella kind of mentioned, like the certain groups that, you know, kind of are affected the most by racism. But I think anti-racism actually, you know, it benefits us. It benefits everybody, you know, as a society, like my human geo teacher last year, something that he said that he stuck with me that really stuck with me is, you know, as a society, we're not really functioning to our full potential if certain groups of people are kind of, you know, held back by their certain systems and they're not able to function to their full potential. So I think, you know, kind of ingraining these ideas of justice, equality, um, and dismantling these systems that are holding some people back is just really important for, you know, everybody to learn from. Definitely. And I just feel like racism as a whole concept is just another dividing factor that just doesn't need to exist in our society. I mean, there's already so many divisions we've created. There's religion, everyone has different religious beliefs, people have different political beliefs. I feel like racial beliefs are like something that shouldn't be a thing. We're all human in the end. Like that's what, like we're the human race. So why why the need to really divide us even further based on something like that's that's like biology. Like we, our skin color, we don't change it. It's, it's what we like, it's what we're born with. So it's nothing to divide on. Exactly, I mean, I think a point that is very important about anti-racism um, that needs to be talked about is like the difference between being not racist and being anti-racist. Um, and it's definitely something that as a fire member and as a student of color in Stevenson, um, I have to grapple with every single day because there are people in my community who are not racist. And then there are people in my community who are anti-racist. And the focus is on being an anti-racist because being not racist is being neutral to racism. It's being to a very large extent being complicit with it because when you're not actively lobbying against something, you're kind of upholding the status quo. And when the status quo is effectively, you know, oppressing people is holding them back from what they could be by not doing anything, you're indirectly supporting it. So that's, again, the most important thing about being anti-racist. Um, it's about dismantling those systems that are holding people back instead of not doing anything about it, letting other people do it. Um, and that's 
again, one of the most important things about being anti-racist in a community where we can actively see um, practices that limit others. Uh, I think we're, so we're all in the A push class for, con in the same A push class for context. And uh, Jasmine, I think you were telling me about this. Like we watched a video about um, a, a black child being shown two dolls, a white doll and a black doll. You want to explain that further and how it like relates to our discussion? Um, yeah. So I think our A push teacher was talking about how, you know, one of the most devastating I guess like in like impacts of racism it's not only economics not only social it's not only all these external things but it really kind of um is internalized in the psyche for a lot of you know um people of color and especially young children so um i think the doll experiment that he showed us in class it was kind of um really showing how for white kids um they had a preference towards um, the white doll um, and they associated more positive things with the white doll compared to the black doll um, and kind of more heartbreakingly that was the same thing uh, for the black children as well and that kind of showed that you know even normally um, children they tend to kind of associate more with their own in-groups with their own community but the impacts of racism were so devastating that they kind of internalize these negative things towards themselves like they're people that looks like them too. Definitely. And I think society as a whole has really progressed since then. There's a much more like there's more belief in one's own race, but there's still a long way to go. And Stevenson, I feel with the uh, initial anti-racism and inclusive inclusivity week really did a good job with that. So, uh, Stella, do you want to explain what work you did um, as part of the planning committee or what work you put into it? Sure. Yeah. So um, anti-racism and inclusivity week kind of started on our radars at the end of first semester, near the beginning of semester, of the second semester. So early January, um, as a club, as FIRE, um, we started brainstorming the idea of having this week that highlighted what we do for Stevenson, which is anti-racist work. Um, so that means either speaking to faculty, staff about the conditions that we observe, um, offering solutions to those, you know, said, um, identified problems. Um, we wanted to showcase, again, our work in a broader uh, Stevenson, you know, community light. So Interracism Inclusivity Week slowly became this week where we would, it was, it was always a very open concept. And I mean, looking back on it, not one event, like all of the events were different in their own way, but it was united in the concept of you know, driving anti-racism in Stevenson by highlighting inclusivity, diversity, and celebrating our cultures. Um, because at the end of the day, we don't wanna be colorblind. Um, being colorblind is, you know, being ignorant to the issues around us. And we, instead we want to celebrate our differences in our own ways. So that's what Anti-Racism Inclusivity Week ended up being. In a, I think it was four days spread, we had three events every single day. So we had 12 events in total, ranging from a keynote speaker on the first day, Dr. Mikey Fallon, um, to another event that FIRE led, which was an identity circles activity, which we where we explored our identities, what it meant to us and what that revealed about our society. Um, I was part of another group. Um, it was more of an informational presentation as I am, as I am Latina. So I, with part of, with LHSA, Latino Hispanic Association, I presented about what it means to be Latinx in the United States. 
Um, we had GSA present um, the silent heroes um, and heroines of you know, the gay rights movement. So they presented lots of activists. We had uh, more forums about what it meant to be an upstander um, from FMP. We had just many, many meetings and discussions, forums, presentations that just centered on the idea of celebrating our diversity uh, and cracking down against racism. That, that's, that sounds wonderful. I mean, you guys put in a lot of work into this and it, you can really tell like it's important for Stevenson given it's such a diverse community. We have kids from so many different countries, so many different backgrounds. I really feel it's a, it's a good initiative taken by uh, FIRE and whoever put in work to this. I think uh, Stevenson hired a diversity and equity director this year, Dr. Haney. Have you worked with him before? Yes. So our equity, race and diversity director, Dr. Livies Haney, um, is actually one of the sponsors of Fire Club. So we, I just had, I just came out of a fire meeting, so go figure, uh, where we work very closely with him, obviously given that he's one of our sponsors, um, to make our voices heard. Uh, I think something very crucial for our club was the, um, you know, his, his position in Stevenson now. Because he is, and he is part of the administration in Stevenson, and so that guarantees that we have a say in the conversation, um, that our voice definitely gets heard within Stevenson administration. Because before, um, our sponsors, Miss um, Ross and Dr. Israel, they're absolutely wonderful, um, but very often our voices were pushed aside, uh, and our priorities, our agenda was not Stevenson's. Um, we were kind of, you know, on the back burner. Uh, but again, with him now being um, an administrator with a designated position for equity, race and diversity in Stevenson, it makes sure that our work in Stevenson is prioritized and that we really make a difference. That's great. It's so important for us, like our student, the student's voice to be heard because we're the ones who are like going through the Stevenson experience, I would say in a different way than the faculty are. So we have different experiences that are really important for the administration to really understand. So, and Jasmine, I think there's another thing we were talking about. It's the 51% English curriculum. So that's like an administrative change that has taken place or is looking to take place. Do you want to go into that a bit more? Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely already taken place. Um, if you talk to, you know, your past English teachers, um, then they'll tell you that um, a lot of the books from our um, freshman year English curriculum, sophomore year English curriculum, as well as books that um, we're reading about now, they're actually new books um, that were either that were either kind of reading and analyzing for the first time this year or um, in the last, I guess, year or two. And I think the 51% the curriculum basically states that um, at, at least like over half of the books that we read in our English curriculum are written by authors of color. So um, yeah, that's, it's really, I think it's a really cool initiative. Now that I like think about it, I like sophomore year, we read uh, When the Emperor Was Divine. I think that was written by a Japanese American author. And then uh, ceremony we all read. Uh, it was a really interesting book about Native American culture from a Native American's perspective that I believe like we wouldn't have gotten if there wasn't like this push for a curriculum where books such as ceremony would have been included. So I think that's a good administrative step taken. And as more events such as anti-racism and inclusivity week take place, hopefully there's more administrative change. So 
lastly, I want to wrap up our discussion by really talking about how us, I mean, Stella, you're already doing such wonderful work. Like, hopefully I can <laughs> someday do as much work as you are, but um, is there a way we can like raise awareness and how important is like our role as students and using platforms such as social media in pushing for anti-racism? Jasmine, you can give your views on this as well. So, like I said before, it's very important to be anti-racist in a community where you see um, policies and or systems that are holding people back. So again, it's extremely important to put yourself out there, but as someone who has been in this work since freshman year, I've learned that it is okay to take a break. It is okay to not have to always be there on the forefront, you know, fighting, 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 because it does take a toll. Um, if it's work, it really is, you know, um, they call it, you know, social justice work, <laughs> um, because you do have to work with what you have, what you want. Um, and it's gradual work. Uh, I learned that pretty early that you're not going to get everything done overnight. <laughs> it's very gradual, especially, you know, dealing with opposition, um, even dealing with integrating what you want to see um, in a community that's over 5,000 people. <laughs> so as students, again, using social media, it's, you know, put as much, stay educated. There we go. Stay educated. Um, know what, try to know what you're talking about. Uh, continue, again, stay in continuous education. So know what's going on, not only in the Stevenson community, but in a larger community, whether that be in Illinois, whether that be the United States or you know, internationally, the world, it's important to stay in the know because you don't wanna look you know, uneducated, especially in forums where you're talking about this. So again, in social media, stay informed, um, use your platform for good. Um, again, drive across those points of anti-racism, try not to stay neutral, um, when you know that being neutral could possibly support something that is damaging others. For sure. Yeah, I think that that's a great point you brought up that's like important to be anti-racist actively rather than just being neutral and like a bystander. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's a great point. Jasmine, any any final thoughts? Um, honestly, I think another thing that this just like remind, I think something Stella said just reminded me of our editorial meeting that we actually just had about kind of like student social media and stuff um and it was i think an fmp and she was talking about how um if you see something somebody posting you know something that's has like racist undertones or um some like other things such as like saying the r word you know if you do feel comfortable you know like directly like call them out on it because if you do that then that sends a message that you know this isn't something that's socially acceptable you know in our community in our culture and i think just cultivating that kind of environment and just you know all like being consistent about that is really important and you know making it clear that you know we will not stand for racism here uh, you bring up a wonderful point about if you're comfortable <laughs> so only if you feel safe only if you feel comfortable stand up Whenever you can, try to do it. But at the very end, remember, you know, your safety comes first, your well-being comes first. But again, whenever you have the opportunity, stand up to that person. Because like Jasmine said, it sends a message and it directly impacts the person who, you know, committed that act. If they did, if they, you know, said something insensitive 
or created or you know committed an action that could be seen as racist as discriminatory it's important to turn it back to them and to really make them think about what they did you know like the old saying you know actions have consequences you want to make them see what their action led to and what caused them to say that and then add the context of this is what it actually means this is what it means now this is what you did you they need to face that they need to face those facts and then be able to deal with the consequences definitely and like sometimes while there are people who are openly racist in our society there are people who have just like grown up in an environment where certain terms and um just phrases are like part of the common language and if you can educate them about it i think they'll be able to learn and just become better people for our society so if you do it in a more positive way rather than just like blatantly saying you're racist because some people might not even know because they've grown up in like a household where it's open and easy to stay stuff like that so it's just really important to always be aware of your of what like stella said stay educated know what's going on and that that's i think a good step in becoming anti-racist so yes. yeah don't cancel people let them grow i was just gonna say yeah. you know the idea of you know canceling versus like taking the time to educate that i think like when you you know um when you kind of just accuse somebody of something they get really defensive mm-hmm. and you know, like that doesn't make them want to change that just kind of makes them defensive and you know kind of want to steer clear of you versus you know um kind of trying to educate them genuinely giving them you know the opportunity to learn um that actually kind of encourages a more kind of constructive conversation so yeah it's always just better to be constructive rather than just accusing because that just again furthers the divide that exists in our society so with that i would like to conclude this episode of statesman soundwave stella thank you so much for being here today we hope you enjoyed it Thank you guys for having me. It was a wonderful conversation. Very happy that this yes. you know, work is making an impact in Stevenson. <laughs> As in, hopefully our listeners out there are also impacted by certain things we say and they, they can take steps to being anti-racist. And again, for all those listeners out there, just thank you for uh, tuning in today. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel to always know when our episodes come out. Also, be sure to check out our website, statesmanshs.org to read all the stories put out by our staff. That's all for now. Thank you. Thank you.